We're going to talk about communication today. People always get really squirmy. We talk about two words sometimes, and people get real super squirmy, like communication and conflict. And I don't know, like, it just tickles me when I watch people because they're like, wait, sorry. You know, you could see that one spouse sometimes starts getting like, okay, here it comes. Good. I've been wanting to say this for a long time, but now somebody else is going to say what I've been wanting to say. It just tickles me. People make it so scary. It's a little scary. <laughs> in the relation, in your relationship, if you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage, if you're if you're a guy and you're the communicator, raise your hand. You're the active communicator. If you're the girl in the relationship and you are you're the active communicator, raise your hand. And so, there's some okay. people that aren't communicating at all. Well, no, or they're just keeping their hand half half mass. They're like, uh, I'm mostly communicating. <laughs> I'm pretty good at it, like, okay. like that much. Well, hopefully we'll teach you a few things. And just as a little bit of a disclaimer, we do not profess to be professionals at any of this. <laughs> we I'm just teaching <laughs> this so that I may learn more. <laughs> we we we're we're believers. <laughs> Let's just say that we're, we're strong believers in it. We are always learning in parenting, in finances, in marriage, communication, conflict. So, you know, we're not coming here telling you we know everything. We're just coming to give you guys some practical guidelines to hopefully help you and give you increase in that area. And, um, and we're still learning in it. So that's and, my little caveat. And so for all of us... Communication is just a basic skill. It's a life skill you need, okay? Whether it's on the job, whether it's in your marriage, with your kids, your relatives, your in-laws, the outlaws, whoever you're having to deal with, knowing how to well uh, communicate well is very important. And to do it when you do it well is truly beneficial to everything you've got going on. And I just want to say, too, that young people in here who are unmarried, and let's say you're living with your parents, this is a skill that you can use as well. You'll get better and better and better at it the more you practice it. But if you want to communicate what's going on in your life to your parents, let's say they have an opposing viewpoint of something with you, I'm not saying that you're going to get your way. I'm just saying that you'll be able to express yourself in a way that you're heard, you're valued, and at least it's out there. Okay? So... Okay, so in parenting, if you can escape the teen years where your relationship with your child is still intact and you're still talking by the time they hit like 19 or 20, good job. In marriage, if you guys can make it through different kinds of communication and have a meaningful relationship building conversation so that both people don't walk away limping, after you're finished, you guys will have succeeded. That's the goal. This isn't some kind of weird lofty goal that you know we're putting in front of you. We're trying to do it so that both people walk away whole, all the people walk away whole, and it'll be worth every ounce of effort if you can do that, okay? And the truth is, is we're gonna make mistakes, okay? You're gonna, you're gonna, uh, you're gonna say something you, sh you, you, know, you shouldn't have. 
in the, in the moment of emotions, uh, something's going to flare out. Something's going to come up and you're going to say something. And you, it could be that you're angry at work or angry with your spouse. Uh, and you can make a mistake and it is good to repent. But know this, that our words hold power. And you can, and, and the, there's been times when something come out of my mouth and I was chasing it down by the time it left my lips. And it was, it was too late because it hit the ears of the person and I know that I belittled that person. I devalued that person. I've, I remember early in my, my career in manufacturing, management, and engineering, uh, I was asked because I was a bit driven, you know, I'm, I get a little bulldog about things, and uh, I was asked uh, to take a tact and finesse class so that I wouldn't be bulldozing over people in conversations. And uh, so, um, so, yeah, words hold power. James 3, 2, we all fall in many areas, but especially with our words. Yet if we are able to bridle the words, we say we are powerful enough to control ourselves in every way. And that means our character is mature and fully developed. You caught that, right? The whole bridle. So what goes in the mouth, right? A bit. Okay. Just going to let that one sit right there. And then in James 3, 5 through 10, it says, And so the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it carries great power. Just think of how small a flame can set a huge forest ablaze. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness and is the most dangerous part of the human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. That's why it's important to hold it. It's not that easy to get over it. For every wild animal on earth, including birds, creeping reptiles, and the creatures of the sea and land have all been overpowered and tamed by humans. But the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's a fickle, unrestrained evil that spews out of words full of, to words full of toxic poison. We use our tongue to praise God our Father and then turn around and curse a person who is made in his very image. Out of the mouth the same mouth, we pour out words of praise one minute and curses the next. My brothers and sisters, this should never be. I guess it's pretty important. I would imagine this would be something that would be super important to, that we would have, that we would learn to master it, or at least I try to achieve mastering it if we ever really do. There have been times when Jim and I have had been in marriage counseling with people, and we say that carefully because we're not licensed counselors, but we counsel a lot of couples. And there have been times where we've gotten two hostile people in the same room, and let's say maybe they haven't, we haven't even, because usually if it's super hostile, we don't even put them in the same room to begin with. I mean, like, we don't have a death wish. So usually what happens is, you know, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll meet with the husband, I'll meet with the wife a few times first, until we get everything like kind of calmed down a little bit. And then we'll put them back in the same room. We'll have a meeting together and say, okay, here we are. Let's just try. And we've had couples where the husband or the wife just starts to just, I mean, it's like a cork pops, you know? And she's just, and, I, and I've literally looked at the husband and said, stop. Stop, just shut your mouth. Just stop right now. Because right now we're in the middle of trying to fix a big, big mess, and you're going to make it worse, and you're not going to be able to take it back, so just stop. 
And I remember this one gentleman that I said that to, he was like, okay. Because, it, because once it's out there, you cannot take it back, okay? It, it has its own momentum, and, and you just need to just stop. You know, we do want to talk. We want to have healthy conflict. We want to talk. But if you can't do it nicely, and it's already a fire burning, just I'm a big office fan. I'm like, shut, 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 shut it. Shut it. Michael Scott says, shh, shh. Don't say anything. Jeff's here this morning, so I'll use a coach reference. Bill Parcells used to be uh, the coach of the New York Giants, and when he went on board there, he said one of the things we're going to learn to do is what not to do. <laughs> and, uh, and that's how he managed to take them to a Super Bowl. And uh, so we're going to share some things uh, this is a, several ways to let people know that you really don't want to listen to their conversation. But if, you, if, you, if your so. spouse does this, don't go be like point and be like, oh, yeah, mm, that's right, you do that. Like if it's something you do or if later on you have the courage to ask your spouse to do it and it could be healthy, you could say, do, do I do that to you? That's fine. That's on you guys. You do it. So but <laughs> no point. <laughs> so if you really don't value that person or the conversation you're in the middle of, these are things that you can do to let them know that you really don't like them or the conversation. Number one, text while they're talking to you, while you're having the conversation. By the way, we, we got this from one of Chris Valentin's uh, podcasts, Podcast, which yeah. we love him. Uh, he, I think he has a really good, accurate view of uh, family. But so just so you know, that's where this list comes from. So be late for the meeting you asked for. I used to have a boss at work, and he'd show up at your meeting, and if you showed up five minutes late, one minute after, he's calling you, and you had a 10 o'clock meeting, he'd say, so he'd call you up and say, so what time does your 10 o'clock start? So uh, the thing is, is that you're like, hey, honey, we need to have a talk, and then, okay, when I get home, we'll talk, and then you're going to be late for it? Come on. Keep looking at your watch while you're talking. Awesome. Take phone calls while you're talking. Don't you love that? Like you're in the middle of this like emotional like rant, and then they go, just hold on one second. Let me just get something. Let me just get this, okay? I'm like, yeah, you go ahead. Go get it. Suddenly <laughs> change the subject. Point out something that is happening outside. Look around the room instead of keeping eye contact or looking at the TV. Yes. Uh, preach to the person. Have a one-way conversation instead of just a dialogue. Just go off and have your own, like, you know, Shakespearean moment. Show no compassion when the person is obviously hurting in, di in the dialogue. Being too cerebral or logical, it is obviously an emotional matter. You know, oh, you know, if you, your wife's pretty upset about something, you're like, please, you know, let's just get through this and you're not listening well to the heart of, of, of their emotions, that's belittling. Uh, talk over them while they're talking. That always usually ends well for people. Uh, ask no questions to clarify the person's standpoint. In other words, if you don't understand what's happening in the conversation, it is completely honoring not to interrupt them all the time, but to say, wait a second, I want to be able to understand that a little bit better. 
explain to me what you mean by what you said just now. Just explain that part of it. Because you don't want to run off, and, and because from that point on, if you don't know what they're talking about, you're running with the assumption that's already up here, which may or may not even be accurate, right? So, Wrangling over words instead of listening to the heart, or cracking someone's vocabulary when it's obvious, uh, when it's obvious what they're saying. She's not here and I love her, but my mother-in-law, she, <laughs> she does that like on point. You're having a conversation with her and instead of listening to like what I'm trying to tell her, which I might be excited, excited about, she's got to sit there and say, well, I'm sorry, what, that's not the right word for that. Or I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, finishing their sentences for them, which is always funny to me when people do that, or sitting like a zombie. When somebody sits like a zombie, that's actually not good listening. Like if you think, all right, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to listen and I'm going to make eye contact or whatever. If I, if I don't look her in the eye, she won't attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look she away. will. Look away. Look away. Don't still. Be but still. She, look away. But she actually will. So it's, you know, it's good. It's good if you can make eye contact and you're, in, I mean, really, how does anybody want to be heard? How do you want to be heard? Don't you want somebody who's, like, paying attention to you? They're listening. They're not interrupting you. They're letting you, even if it's, sometimes I do that with my kids because, you know, us parents, we want to fix things for our kids a lot of times. And my kids will start telling me something. I'm like, well, maybe you should do this. Or, and Mackenzie will be the only honest one because I've, this is the difference between Jim's kids and my kids sometimes. But Kit, Hannah's like super gentle. Kate will just give me like a smirk. And then Mackenzie's like, Mom, I just want to rant for a minute. And I'm like, okay. Like, okay. All right. I got it. So the I'm off duty. I'm just DNA. listening. Go ahead. Do it. You know, so then she goes off and she rants for a little while. And she feels better. And actually, so do I. I'm fine with it. So dialogue is what we're going for versus discussion. The whole idea in communication is to understand. We want to be able to get to a place where we understand. It doesn't mean you're going to be in agreement, but that you understand one another. Then you're on a path where you can get to a place of agreement. Discussion is, is we're going to have a discussion about something. That means that you and I are going to have an opportunity, and I'm going to try and convince you that I'm right and convince you that you're wrong. Kina's shrinking back. I'm pointing at her. Sorry. But that's a discussion, and we want to create dialogue and good communication. In First John 5.14, since we have the confidence, we can also have great boldness before him. For if we present any request agreeable to his will, he will hear us. You see, God is listening. He wants us to, to take his example of what good communication is. And there, we went through, we actually, there are so many scriptures we wanted to share about God and how he looks at good communication and how he listens. And that if we will open ourselves up and confidently come to him, he will listen to us. And, he will, he, and, he, and then he will speak to us. It's a dialogue. He's not going to come down and say, you idiot, I can't believe you did that. You know, that's probably my own thinking. Of myself, I'll judge myself that way, but he won't do that.